Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Terry N. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 26th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book on page XIX in the forward to the second edition, starting with the third paragraph, while the internal difficulties, reading through two paragraphs, ending with will be found further on in this book. Our readers today are the 12 Steps, Laura M., 12 Traditions, Carmela G. Our readers of the text are Madeline R., Rachel W., and Hoodie R. Our newcomer greeter is Leon B., and our host for the second hour is Rebecca B. The share ID for Tuesday, December 25th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 12,000 337. That's 12337. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 12,338. 12338. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laura M. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning from Missouri. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, fought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for allowing me to be part of the service team. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Laura M. I will now ask Carmela G. to please read the 12 traditions. Yes, thank you. This is Carmela G. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always remain, always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page XIX in the forward to the second edition. Starting with the third paragraph at the bottom, while the internal difficulties, reading through two paragraphs, ending with, will be found further on in this book. 
And I will now ask Madeline R. to please begin. Thank you. Hi, this is Madeline R., Recovered Compulsive Eater. While the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons, the large numbers of recoveries and united homes. These made their impressions everywhere. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with a those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program, but great numbers of these about two out of three began to return as time passed. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the mainstream of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could, not, or AA could have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendation of AA's medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. Okay. Thanks for letting me read that. And I'm going to just um, find my timer, which I just had. There it is. And set it. Okay. Okay. Um, after going through yesterday's reading where we had the outline of the 12 steps, which and the 12 traditions, excuse me, which let us um, see that there were difficulties, but was, there was a way to overcome them, okay? Um, that was way in the beginning, and now it was time to see some of what was happening, and the public started to see it. Um, principally, I love what it says, the large numbers of recovery. Many, many people that were suffering from this seemingly hopeless case of mind and body were now united with their families. And that certainly did leave the impressions. 50% is a pretty good number to me when I read that in the beginning. Um, and of course, when I first came, I didn't read it. I just went back to the stories in the big book. That's what we did. We, looked, we read the acceptance area, uh, but we didn't start with the beginning pages. And then when I first found a sponsor and we went through the big book line by line, much like we do on this meeting, to read a number 50% was a good one. Though depending on what kind of mode I was in <laughs> at that time, mode or mood, whichever is better, um, whichever fit the situation at the time, 50% was a long shot for me. But when I really stopped and thought about it, 50% was a pretty big number. How about that those people got sober and stayed? And then another 25%, same thing happened with a little bit of relapse, though they stayed. A lot showed some type of improvement, and then there were some that didn't stay. Some of them came back, though. I love the line that says, they first decided they didn't want the program. They got honest. They didn't want to do the work. But yet they started to come back, and as time passed, they started to return because they got honest then again, too. That, to me, speaks to the physical craving. I needed to find an abstinence that worked for me 
to rid myself of those foods that put me over the edge, that kept me in that brain fog, that kept me to wanting more. Because once the physical craving was down, the emotions came up and I needed to do some work. Once my brain was clear, I recognized, finally, I couldn't go on without these substances unless I did the work of sorting out the wreckage of the past. I think that one of the other reasons that possibly they came back, and I know that I did, is the binge was never the same. You know, no matter how hard I tried, there was never enough to to give me the fix that I needed. And so I just wanted to quickly say that it was important to recognize that once I came and experienced some of, of abstinence, never again was I ever to binge the same way. And that was my time. So very quickly I'll say the ministration of the friends the formal assistance to put their seal on it, it finally started to give this message that we read about in the big book some depth and weight. Once the medical and religious community came on board, it was much easier to accept it. Accept those reunited homes. You know, accept the fact that people were recovered. So that's my time. Thank you so much for letting me share and do service, and I look forward to the rest of the meeting. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Madeline R. Okay, uh, now we're going to open it up, and if you just jumped on, we're in the forward to the second edition, page XIX, while the internal difficulties, reading through two paragraphs, ending with, will be found further on in this book. If you would just uh, say your name once, and I'll repeat it back, we'll get a list of who wants to share. Elizabeth D. Elizabeth Nessa D. R. Harlan Nessa G. R. and Larry. L. I got Nessa. <laughs> All right, wait a minute. Larry K. Larry Lance. Okay. Uh, one more. Anna Aguilar. Anna Aguilar. Anna? Anna, yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, I have Elizabeth D. Nessa R. Harlan G, because I didn't write your name down fast enough, Lance. So this is the order. Harlan G, Larry K, Lance, and then Anna. And you can fill me on in your last initials of the last two I didn't get. So Elizabeth D, please go ahead. Elizabeth D here. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. And thank you for your service. Um, on this special day. Um, my name is Elizabeth T, and I am a compulsive overeater recovered in Boston area and grateful to be here this morning. Um, I see myself in every segment that they're describing, that the founders are describing in this forward. First and foremost, where it says other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they, they didn't want the program. Um, from 1988 to 1998, I, I was one of those people that came to OA meetings. And, um, you know, I would, for, for 10 years, I was coming in and out of meetings and sometimes thinking I wanted the program and sometimes thinking I didn't want the program. The entire time my disease was progressing. I was going on diets. They didn't work. Um, but I, again, I would go back to an OA meeting. I would hear my story um, told by someone, and I would start going to meetings. But I was, 
I was not doing the program. I didn't really want the program, the program. I was, I was um, you know, considering it, well, I'll, I'll do it the a la carte method. I'll take a little of this and a little of that and a little of that. I was still running the show. I didn't understand that it was, for me, uh, I didn't understand the full dimensions of the disease. Um, in 1998, um, long around the time I turned 40, I found an OA, a, f a kind of OA, that encouraged the, the abstinence, entire abstinence, and working the steps in, a, in sequence. It, wasn't it was using the big book only sporadic, just a little bit, but it wasn't line for line big book. But I did that step work one after another, and for about eight years, I had weight loss of 120 pounds, and I kept the weight off, and um, it was an incredible time of growth for me. Um, but my disease was progressing the entire time. So I was one of those alcoholics who came uh, and really tried. And I was among the 50% that got sober at once and remained that way. And I remained that way for six, eight years. Um, I say six to eight because there was a long period of coming to relapse uh, where I was calling myself abstinent, but the food was calling me. And um, the disease is reactivated before the bite is taken. So my last um, 10 years was one of horrible, or I, actually I should say eight years, horrible relapses. Um, I sobered up and then I had a relapse. I sobered up and then had a relapse. And that was because I did not understand what I had learned in the beginning. And that was that I have a twofold illness. I have an allergy of the body that means I have to identify my trigger, trigger foods and not eat my trigger foods ever. Be entirely abstinent. And if I'm entirely abstinent, then I can effectively work the steps. And what I needed at that point, my disease had progressed so far, I, was put, I could put on 65 pounds in three months, by the way. My disease had progressed so far, my binging had become so bad, that I needed this material in this book and I needed a recovered guide to take me through line by line. And I did I, that. And I had, thank you, I had a spiritual awakening. And that was, and that was two years ago. I've got two years of back-to-back -back abstinence as of today. And I am grateful beyond my wildest dreams. And I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth. Next up, we have Nessa R. Followed by Harlan Hi. Hi. Hi, good morning, vision for you. My name is Nessa R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I never read the preface and the foreword um, the first, I don't know, nine years that I was in program. And now, um, seven years into my recovered state, I, I believe 100% that it's required reading for anyone who's skeptical or cynical about whether this simple program of action works. You know, there is a common theme to me in the preface and all the forwards, and it's simply that, that the program does work. Everything else that it's containing and it's just supporting evidence to that statement. You know, what we read today, you know, they reunited homes. The medical professionals, um, you know, sticking out their their professional necks out for for the fellowship and for the program. Uh, and there's more, you know, the growth in the membership, the spreading out far and wide 
um, you know, countrywide, uh, um, you know, internationally of, of groups. The fact that the book has been printed and reprinted and re-reprinted, the increasing number of um, copies that are being sold, translation into different languages, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all to me is that um, supporting evidence that this program does work. The fact that the book has never been changed in the first 164 pages because something that works doesn't need to be changed. Only things that don't work uh, as, as expected need to be new and improved. And not so with our program, uh, with the book, which has never been changed in, in, in 80 years. And nothing better has, has come up on the scene in the past 80 years. And I was one of those people who came in and didn't get it at the beginning. And it's obvious, obvious, obviously, um, obvious why. You know, it says, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Um, you know, but yet people say, and I was one of those who say, oh, this program doesn't work, yet I didn't leave. And, you know, the way I read, the way that I guess that paragraph should have been read in, in my regard should be really having a person who has thoroughly followed our path because I wasn't following the path, you know, but I stayed on and I stayed on out of fear that if I left, there would be like 300 pounds out there waiting for me. Um, and thank God I did because, um, I did find somebody in whom the program had uh, the, the problem had been solved. Somebody who rose above her problems, you know, despite an imperfect life. Um, she was recovered and um, happy, joyous, and free, and dealing successfully with her challenges. And that was very attractive to me. And that's when things started to click. That's when I started to um, work the program with her guidance, according to the dictates of these first 164 pages. And it works. It really does. And this is what the preface and the forewords tell us. And uh, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Next up, we have Harlan G., followed by Larry K. Thank you very much. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This paragraph is a fundamental, quintessential paragraph to anyone coming into program. And when I look at this paragraph, I'm astounded. Um, it has been my honor and it has been my privilege to have done big book weekends in most states of this union over the last many years. I have spoken at conventions. I have spoken at retreats in Israel, in Canada, and in the United States. I'm a very lucky man. And when I look at these statistics, they're staggering. Of Alcoholics Anonymous who came to AA and really tried, highlighted in my book, really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Now, by my calculation, and I'm very poor at math, that is 75% recovery. We can't talk about 75% recovery in OA today. We can't talk about 10% recovery in OA today. We can talk maybe, maybe 2 3% of us are recovering. Why? What is the difference? What is the fundamental difference in our zeal to make money, in our zeal to create books and this and that, 
we have diluted the message. Now, some of that dilution came from fellowship, and some of that dilution came from publications. But when they stuck to a pure message, and the key is really tried, they recovered at 75%. Now, for some of you that are coming to the OA birthday in January, and I hope you will, I hope to see you there, I hope to meet you there, you are going to hear people speaking from the podium with decades of recovery, 30, 40 years of recovery. And to many, that seems like science fiction. But let me assure you that it's real. And what is the difference? Because the people that are gaining these types of decades of recovery are doing so through very hard work, very strenuous adherence to a pure message. It's out there for all of us. It is out there for those of us who really try. And I think that we as a fellowship can do a heck of a lot better than what we're doing by just getting back to fundamentals and maybe we can come closer to some of these magnificent numbers. I've preached enough today. I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan G. We're next up, we have Larry Kay, followed by Lance L. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service. You know, they, I was just checking. I usually don't check how many people are on the line, but I, I did for a specific purpose this morning. When I, my last check, there was 281 people on the line. If we, if we just, just, for, just play along with me, if there are, 5% recovery on this line. There's 14 people who are recovered by the grace of God this morning, meaning recovered, not cured, but meaning they're not fighting the obsession anymore. I, I don't, I mean, I, is it 80% on the line of the 281 people? Is it 100%? Is it 5%? I don't know. Only God knows. There's somebody, there's somebody on the line, I don't know who that person is, that you know, was binging yesterday, that's you know, living a secret life. We know that's statistically likely. You know, don't, don't fall prey to the notion that if, you're, if you merely read this book and listen to the right thoughts of others, that you don't have to take further action. Don't fall prey that somehow you will get this thing through a sort of a methodological process of magic. You know, this isn't a practical program of feeling good. Secondhand virtue will not get you well. Secondhand virtue will not lift you out of the quicksand. It's not going to change anything. The only thing that will is the courage to take action after action after action. When we read about people that did that early, you know, did that during the early times, we read this morning, still in 2018, there are people that are taking action upon action upon action. That's what's going to lift you out of the quicksand by the grace of a, a power that's not you. That's the paradox. And it's going to take courage to take that action. And the message here is don't wait to feel like you want to do it, rather do it. And, and, and actually, you might just come to feel like it. You know, what is the next thing I need to do? 
If you're feeling motivated, great. You know, take some action. Are you feeling unmotivated? Well, I'm sorry about that. Still need to take some action. See, my life won't change as long as I'm not changing anything. Unfortunately, most people only hope and wish for a better life without really changing anything. They're waiting to feel better. You do it first. You put the food down. You put the alcohol down as these people did, right? We put the food down. And you may be surprised at how your feelings will sort themselves out. See, God did that for me on my behalf, and I didn't understand that. I kept coming to get secondhand virtue from those who had taken action and whose lives had changed, waiting for it to be my turn. It's my turn. It's your turn to take action anytime you want. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Larry Kay. Next up, we have Lance L., followed by Anna, and I didn't get the first initial of your last name, Anna, so when you come on. Lance L., please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Lance L., and uh, luckily, I am still recovered in California. Um, Holidays came around, and I uh, almost forgot I was alcoholic. I almost forgot that I I had a problem. I I had so much going on. once recovered, slowing up on this work, I am likely to go back to where I never want to go again. You know, I suffer from that kind of illness, that kind of malady. Um, I read this and I, and I wonder, like, why is the press so important? Why was it important in 1950? <clears throat> there was a letter that I read um, called The Drunkard's Best Friend. It was a follow-up to Jack Alexander's um, letter in the Saturday Evening Post. And they knew the physical and psychic elements of alcoholism at that time. There were universities and hospitals. They were trying to figure out. They were dumping buttloads of money into the physical part of it. There was psychiatry dumping buttloads of money into the mental part of it. Um, the religious part of it, clergymen, churches, they were trying to figure this thing out. They were trying to dig into the alcoholic problem. What's, what's the puzzle? How do we figure this thing out? Well, out of those statistics, 50% sobered up at once, got recovery. 25% sobered up after some relapses, which that means 25% remained problem drinkers. Like, I can fall into any one of those statistics at any time. You know, it's in the numbers. You know, the press is so important at that time that the proof is in the numbers. Because at that time, thousands of people became recovered from this work that we get out of this book, from one alcoholic passing it to another alcoholic. See, recovery begins when I share my experience, strength, and hope. But it doesn't continue that way. I have to get into this work and put action into this. That's the only way I stay. As soon as I stop, well, because for me, I wake up with the problem. I can't take yesterday's awesomeness into tomorrow. I wake up with the problem, so that means I start fresh. You know, while I sleep, 
my alcoholism still ticks. It's the only seven or eight hours in my day that I do nothing to stay sober. So that means when I wake up, I am sick, I am ill, and I'm ready to make a decision on what to do. This program has saved my life, and if I stop working it, I will die internally, and then I will die externally. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Lance L. Next up, we have Anna. And I didn't get the first initial of your last name, Anna. Hi, Anna Aguilar from Mexico City. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Um, well, I've uh, started with my abstinence process uh, two months ago, and I've been having a hard time with all the craving. I have a lot of craving of chocolate because chocolate was my preference substance, and all sugar, I left all the sugar and flour. And it has been a very difficult process for me because I've had all the physical symptoms like headaches and pain and suffering. And I've been like feeling really bad. And a lot of memories from my past have been going out. So I'm in Mexico, like we have a group where I can share and I can speak about the craving and the physical symptoms and how I'm feeling. But I haven't worked, really worked on the spirituality of of that part like I am still suffering and I'm still angry because I cannot eat sugar and I'm craving for chocolate and, sh and sugar and I'm really feeling a pain like in my in my stomach and a, a pain like in my heart and I'm still not having this acceptance I'm still angry because I cannot eat sugar or I cannot eat I haven't felt any better like I feel very angry and very irritated and I think it's because I haven't been working the program. Like, I've been focusing on not eating rather than focusing on acting, like, in the program because I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't really know what to write or what to do or what to... And um, I've been, like, regarding the paragraph, I've been attending medics, like, doctors, and, and I want, like, a pill or something that they give me in order for me not feel so bad I went to treatment last week and I went out of treatment because I discovered the solution was not there and now that I'm listening to you I think that the solution is in the big book I just don't know what exactly I should do and I haven't really surrendered because like I'm still angry and I'm still mad and I'm still like fighting towards the addiction like today I woke up very early trembling and like anxiety and I don't know, like, I don't know exactly what I should do, but I know I don't want to eat this food because it gets worse. But I haven't been able to, like, overcome that those symptoms and really look for a spiritual way of working without, like, it's very difficult for me to imagine a life without sugar. And I'm just, like, not eating, but I'm not happy and I'm not, like, joyous and free. I feel like angry and doing a lot of things out of control impulsively. But like being here and listening to what you're saying makes me have hope and think like maybe I could do something different. I just don't know how to, what to do. But I think it's very good to start focusing on the solution rather than the pro problem. But also like surrendering because I haven't surrendered. Like I haven't really understand. I'm an alcoholic, and with alcohol, I could surrender and think, like, alcohol is bad, and but food is 
really Hi. difficult for me. Okay, so thank you. Pass. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay, we are, um, for anybody that joined in late, we're in the forward to the second edition, page XIX, starting with the last paragraph, while the internal difficulties. Reading through two paragraphs will be found further on in this book. Um, so we're going to open it back up again for sharing. Charles H. Your name? Charles. 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 Blanca G. Blanca G. Blanca. Okay, stop. <laughs> okay, I got Charles H. Bossa O. Leia M. Blanca Mora and Jennifer. Okay, let's go with that. Charles H., you're up. Followed by Bossa O. Thank you for your service, Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so lip service ain't going to do it. You know, good good sounding people every morning ain't going to do it. Um, you know, pe- people share their experience, strength, and hope, and, and, and they put their footwork into it. I dare you to come to one of these conventions to see what's, what's popping. I, I dare you. I dare you to come to see and, and sit down and eat with these people and conversate with these people. They binge on this big book. And, and, and believe me, I can tell you, I've been to a lot of these conventions, and it's real. These people are recovered. And you know what? I hope you're mad about that. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not like an in-club. You know, it's open to all men. The text tells us that, right? So you see the number, 75%. If we get back to that, if you want. Now, it, it's on you, right? So I, I hope you're disturbed this morning. If you're still in the food, I hope you're disturbed. I hope you're angry. I hope your 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 fear is kicking up on you. And I hope you feel some type of way that you know I I can't have this. But that's a lie. You can have this. Stop talking. Actions, you know, actions speak louder than words. You you hear people on the line, right? There's probably over 300 people on this line. And a lot of people that you hear, you know, consistently, believe me, I've seen them. They are recovered. They don't care how you don't like them. They don't care about none of that. They are recovered. They're living this life. You know why? They binge on the book. They, they engulf the book. Now, they're not going to force the book down your throat because you, you, you might have a big book. You might be allergic to the solution. <laughs> but, you know, I hope you're disturbed enough to take action. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Next up, we have Vasa O. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Florida. Thank you, Terry, for your service, and thank you, every one of us, that we do service at this meeting. Every morning, every special edition, even if, even if we are just listening, and uh, I am just so grateful that uh, I, and I was very, very excited when I found out what the solution was after trying to, after dealing with the food for so long, so many years, for many years trying to put it down, but I could never keep it down. Yeah, I could go on a diet for a little while, 
but I always gave in. I had no understanding about the the allergy of the body uh, with the mental obsession. And I am so grateful I was given this big book. And I remember in those days saying, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't want this big book. I don't drink, you know. And then, then she said, cross alcohol and put food instead. And that's what I was doing. Every time I, put, every time I read alcohol, I just cross and put the food. And the only, yes, take an action. And uh, if I followed the directions that were laid out in this book, it works, but I have to work it. And I'm just so grateful to be one of those uh, 50%, you know, and I do here today. I, the reason was for me because I, you know, I started reading the book right away, the big book. I wanted to read from page one to the last page. I wanted to know what this recovering people did and I wanted to recover and I wanted to do what they did. So and I, I've been I've been doing this for many, many, many years and I will not stop doing what I'm doing because this is the only thing that has worked for me. And I'm just so grateful that I have found the solution. I had no clue anything about the allergy. I didn't know anything anything about the disease. And and just to pass it on to others, it's such a gift. It was go, so given to me so freely. And a lot of times I don't even have to pass it on. I just say, you know, this is what I do. I'll give you the number or I'll take the book, give the book to them. If they want to do it, fine. If they don't, it, I can't force them. Like nobody could have forced me to do what I was doing. I needed to make that decision, but I was ready and willing to do it because I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Valpha L. Next up, we have Leah M., followed by Blanca. Thank you for your service. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried 50%, got sober at once and remained that way. My focus comes to the word remained. You know, sometimes when you go to conventions, AA and OA alike, they'll have countdowns, and countdowns represent the real truth. And in Overeaters Anonymous, most people don't stay. <laughs> There's a joke uh, that my friends and I have, uh, you know, that, that in OA, we, people come in by the hundreds and leave by the 99s. And, you know, it's not because the OA 12 steps don't work. It does work. I have several cronies, and we've been trudging together for over three decades it's not because it's still not true that rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. The truth is most of us, particularly those in Overeaters Anonymous, people like me, will not do the things that are necessary to make this thing work. You know, I was crushed by this illness. It was 1987 when I was sitting across from a recovered alcoholic, ex-Marine, in whom the problem had been solved. And um, he told me about a solution that came out of this book and about putting down uh, my drugs of choice. And he said, I didn't have to live this way if I didn't want to. And he told me, Leah, if you're not convinced yet, continue to eat (laughs) the way you've been eating. And when you're through eating and when you're through binging and when you're through with all those shenanigans, when you're convinced, there's a way out. There is a way to live without having to compulsively overeat. But you've got to not eat, meaning put down your drugs of choice to experience that way of life, not 
engaging in those substances is the beginning, the beginning of the recovery process. And he went on to describe and teach me that not eating, not compulsively overeating, has no effect on the disease of addiction. Why? Because the greater aspect of my disease resides in my mind. Because when I become restless, irritable, and des- discontent, that has to be alleviated. And if I don't find a way to alleviate it, I will do what I always do, and that is medicate with food. And so that teaching, allergy of the body and the greater aspect of my illness, the obsession of the mind, empowered me um, properly. It gave me an education of the exact nature of my illness because most people don't stay, not because it doesn't work. The trouble with addiction, trouble with compulsive overeating, it kills people like me because although the answer is available to me, people are reluctant to do the work. The suggestions given that can arrest a disease and enable us to start a whole new life, and we have no enthusiasm to pursue it. And in order to remain on this road, takes work. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, but it but it is a oh, it is work um, that results in a happy, joyous, and free way of life. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leah M. Next up, we have Blanca, followed by Mora. I did not get your first initial of your last name, Blanca. Hello. Thank you. Good morning. Um, such amazing and uh, very, very uh, needed shares. Thank you so much. I am Blanca G, a recovering compulsive overeater. And uh, so many... Uh, Words especially have stood out for me. Something happened yesterday that I had a burning need to share, talking about uh, recovery, and someone else said, uh, not cured, but recovered. And uh, what happened was I had uh, had a celebrated the holiday yesterday, and dinner, I had dinner there. They had holiday dinner, and I ate, and I'd had enough. You know, I was full, and I told, uh, took my plate and back to the sink. And uh, when I got home, uh, there was a voice. There was that little tape, that monkey on my back saying, you want a little more, you want a little more, you can have a little more. Though my stomach knew, and I knew that I was full, that, that relentless um, tape and uh, the disease that's always doing push-ups, you know, they say out in the parking lot. It goes on ticking, as someone just said. I, I really loved that. And uh, I did. I did. I, I said, oh, just a few more bites. I, I want a few more bites. And I took a few more bites. And, and no sooner had I done that that I immediately uh, got sick. I became ill. And... What it was for me was another reminder and, and and one that I cannot forget that I have to keep remembering and remembering and reminding myself that this disease will kill me if I don't continue to do the work, continue to do the work, continue to listening, listening to all of you that are there to save my life if I so choose to and I so want to 
I, I so want to, you know, live. Uh, thank you, all of you. This disease, once again, it is never cured. It's only managed. Thank you so much, all of you, for reminding me of that. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Blanca G. Next up, we have Maura Z, followed by Jennifer. Go ahead, Maura. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Maura Z recovered in Virginia this morning, so very gratefully so. The, the one word that comes out to me that is absolutely essential, and the reason they had, they had such a high rate of um, recoveries, of people getting recovered, is one word, and that word is desperation. Desperation. For me, I had to be desperate. I had to be out of ideas. I had to be so sick and tired. I had to be at the depths of the depression like I had never known before. I had to be done, finished. That's how recovery happens. Someone says, um, you know, when you're working with your sponsor, I had to go from yes buts to yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. Tell me what to do because I am so effed up here. I don't know which way is up. I have no idea what the difference is between true or false. I have no idea what normal means. I know that I'm screwed. Absolutely, absolutely screwed. I pick up any one of my binge foods or substances or ingredients or behaviors, and that is the beginning of the end. And when I was getting abstinent, and I was told you just have to be abstinent and that's the holy grail, I was just working a nine-tool program of abstinence, I was screwed because I was living absolutely restless, irritable, and discontented 24-7. And let me tell you guys, I was an ugly bitch. I was not pleasant to be around. I have peace today as my voice is lowered, as I speak calmer now. It's not drama. It's called peace. It's called, I have a power in my life that is not Mora, that tells me this is what you need to do. I have people in my life who, thank you, God, have kicked me in the butt and said, listen, this is the truth. What you're doing is a lie. That they're not hesitant to call me on my shit and tell me, Mora, you're screwing up again. What are you doing? You're looking down the barrel of a bag of Doritos. You are in shaky, thin ice. Get straight. And those are the people that saved me. And those are the people who are true friends. And I'm here to tell you, true friends, you can have this if you're desperate and really ready to do the work. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Maura Z. Next up, we have Jennifer, and I didn't get the first initial of your last name, Jennifer. 
It's uh, Jennifer W. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm Jennifer calling in from Sweden, a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for all your shares. I, um, I'm very grateful that this program has the slogan, keep coming back. Um, because for me, I was one of those who didn't want the program. I didn't want to do what was suggested. And uh, uh, it took me a long time to get to the place where I sort of, where I am now today. And I'm so grateful that I actually have gotten to this point where I want to do, I want to do because I want what you have. That's what I want. I want what you have. I don't want to be miserable anymore. And uh, there is uh, a solution. And uh, what is really crazy is doing the same thing over and over, expecting another result. Uh, that is insanity, I've heard. And uh, I've done that too much. So now I um, sort of want to listen to someone else and get a new um, way, which I've never tried because I've always tried to do it my way. Uh, so I I am happy that I, I'm up skiing now and I prioritize, that's what I do. I prioritize the meetings. Uh, I get down from the slopes to my sofa here in my, my room to listen to you and I feel when I hear your voices, I, I sort of like, oh, there's him or her again. And it feels uh, it feels really, really, really nice to sort of be part and that there actually is a solution and that I don't have to do it my way and that I'm grateful that I'm here and um, that the program said keep coming back because it's a new thing for me uh, to be like this because... I was not like that before. I, I didn't want the program. I didn't want to do what you suggested, but now I want to do that. So thank you so much for that. Bye. Thank you so much, Jennifer W. Uh, we looks like we have time for a quick one-minute share. Does anybody want that? Carenza B. Siobhan C. Go ahead, Carenza. Hi, um, I'm Carenza B. Compulsive, uh, recovered compulsive overeater calling from New Hampshire. And last night was my first Christmas being recovered, and I had these ideas about what it would be like. And, and they were all smashed because recovered doesn't mean perfect by any means. Um, but what I realized was joining in a meal with many people who were drinking and eating food and enjoying their presence and being able to enjoy my pre-weighed and measured food, that was that was an absolute Christmas miracle. So it didn't look exactly the way I thought it would look um, because recovery isn't just just a perfect world like I thought it was. But um, but it was a miracle nonetheless, and that only happened as a result of this program making calls and, and trudging even when it hurts real bad. So thank you all and thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, December 26th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,345. That's one, two, three, four, five. Oh, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> um, <laughs> easily amused. Okay, we will now close the reading, close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Rachel W. please read page 164. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.